This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California. And this is Bob Ambrogi from uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> I write the blog Law Sites and another blog called Media Law, both available through LegalLine.com. Craig? And I write a blog called May It Please the Court. Uh, today's topic uh, focuses on a, a new event in the uh, Internet. And while spending a year in Italy with his family, Mark Britton, who was an attorney for some 15 years, formerly the top lawyer at Expedia.com, he noticed that he was being contacted by friends, family, acquaintances, all seeking advice about how to choose a lawyer. And when he returned from his trip, he hatched the idea behind his company, Avo, which is an online numerical ranking system of lawyers. So Mark Britton partnered with uh, Paul Bloom, a veteran of Microsoft's consumer division, and they formed uh, this uh, lawyer rating website, Avo, which is short for Avocado, the Italian firm for lawyer, not the fruit. Well, Avo's mission, as noted on their website, is to, quote, help people navigate the complex and confusing legal industry. I I thought that was the job of a lawyer, Bob. (laughs) Right. But uh, as Avo uh, uh, launched last week, it was pretty much met uh, almost immediately with quite a bit of controversy. Um, Some say that Avo's information was wrong. Uh, Some called it a popularity contest. According to reports uh, about Avo, uh, Supreme Court justices and law school deans are ranked lower on the service than attorneys with Uh, much less experience or even with past or current legal problems. Well, as of today, one of our guests, uh, who coupled with another Seattle attorney, Steve Berman, filed a class action lawsuit against Avo. Today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we'll get our guest's side along with his thoughts about the service, the class action suit, competition among lawyers, and the future of Avo. I would note here that we did ask Avo to be a guest on the program. They declined our request. And also, just as a point of disclosure, uh, Carolyn Elephant, who's on the show with us today, Craig Williams, myself, and Denise Howell are all in states that are rated and presumably putative class members, despite the fact that we may or may not elect to pursue it. They have chosen not to rate Massachusetts as of that this point, and that's because every lawyer in Mass is a perfect 10. <laughs> uh, and I, I'd like to welcome our first guest to the program today. That's Attorney John Henry Brown. Uh, he is a criminal defense attorney uh, at the law offices of John Henry Brown out of Seattle. He's uh, earned a reputation as an aggressive advocate in criminal cases in state and federal court in confidential negotiations and standing before the justices of the Supreme Court. Uh, recently, uh, he uh, was, uh, after reading his own re- rating on AVO, uh, decided to join with some other attorneys in a class action lawsuit that was filed today, or was it yesterday perhaps, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Attorney Brown. Uh, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And also joining us today is Carolyn Elephant. Carolyn is the founder and principal attorney in the law offices of Carolyn Elephant. 
Prior to founding LOCE, uh, Carolyn worked as an associate attorney in the law firm of Duncan & Allen, a national energy boutique located in Washington, D.C. from 1990 to 1993, served as an attorney advisor with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission from 1988 to 1990. She blogs about solo practice and legal trends at myshingle.com and is one of uh, Bob Ambrosio's co-bloggers at law.com's Legal Blog Watch. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. Thanks. And another returning guest is Denise Howell. Denise is an appellate intellectual property and technology lawyer who's handled matters for a variety of industries and individuals, including internet technology and bioscience companies, video game companies, real estate developers, professional sports teams, manufacturers, distributors, professional service providers, financial institutions, and nonprofit organizations. Uh, Denise enjoys broad industry and international recognition for her expertise on the intersection of emerging technologies in the law. She writes the uh, well-known blog Bag and Baggage, also writes uh, the Logarithms blog for uh, ZDNet, and uh, is herself a podcaster. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thanks. It's great to be back. Well, John, uh, let's start with you. You filed a class action lawsuit against Avo. What's your claim? Uh, Give us the details of it, please. Well, actually, um, Steve Berman, um, who's the nationally known class action lawyer, is the one that filed the lawsuit. I'm one of the named plaintiffs um, at his request. Um, the, you know, the gist of the lawsuit, which is available online at a number of different places, is that uh, what Ava's doing um, is basically a scam um, and for a variety of reasons, a consumer protection violation, uh, and their data... Uh, is not based on any methodology that makes any sense at all. Um, it's difficult to really assess that much in detail because they refuse to reveal uh, their methodology. I will say that the one reason that I got involved in this uh, originally was because after finding out my original rating of this, I had being, you know, peer-review rated in Martindale Hubble as the uh, AV and um, even above that, a most preeminent lawyer and being in uh, Best Lawyers in America for nine years, which is also peer-reviewed, I was a little surprised about my rating on AVO. And then I went into the site and found out that in order to get into the site to do anything about my quote-unquote profile, I had to give them my credit card number, uh, which I refused to do. Uh, and then I looked up some other lawyers on the site and found out that a um, dead, disbarred lawyer had a rating of 68 which was higher than uh, a Supreme Court judge, among others, and higher than mine. And I, I took, you know, it's a humbling experience to be rated lower than a dead, uh, disbarred lawyer. Uh, we have since found out that lawyers who were actually convicted at doing time in federal prisons and state prisons are rated higher than many other lawyers also. So, you know, the whole thing's pretty much a scam, in my opinion, and uh, the opinion of a lot of other people. Well, and why a lawsuit, though? What, what's your goal in bringing this lawsuit? What are you trying to achieve? Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that bothers me the most, and, you know, of course, you know, egos could get involved in this and all, but I, I like to think that, that mine isn't really all that much involved in it. Coincidentally, by the way, when I started complaining and complaining uh, in the media about this, my, my rating went up, uh, even though I didn't do anything to, to, to touch it at all. But, um, you know, I believe it's uh, these... Um, these uh, internet guys who who have obviously a lot more brains than sensitivity. I mean, a lot more money than sensitivity. Um, 
are, are really hurting the public by saying, uh, for instance, the person that's, that's rated with a 10 in the Seattle area is a criminal defense attorney, but there's two. One of them is somebody that nobody knew, knows who they are. They're not a member of the professional organization for defense attorneys. If you do a web, uh, excuse me, a database search on the federal court system, they don't appear at all. If you do a database search on the state court system, they don't appear at all. And nobody's ever heard of who he is uh, or doesn't even know who he is. And he's given a 10. Um, so if you're a consumer and you're going into the site, you punch in criminal law, Seattle, this uh, fellow will show up as one of the top two criminal defense attorneys in Seattle, and nobody even knows who he is, and it's very obvious that he hasn't handled a case, uh, much less tried a case, much less won a case, ever. And so the consumer would clearly be misled by that. Well, Carolyn, you blogged about AVA recently. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I guess I have plenty of thoughts about it. My first point would be that to the extent that attorneys are complaining about the system or acting resentful, you know, saying things like, Avo never asked me to be rated, my response to that is that Avo has stepped into a gap that we left for ourselves. If you're a consumer trying to find an attorney and you go to a bar association website, you will not find a list of lawyer websites. You will not find a topical search engine. You will not find any information about an attorney. And if you want to find their disciplinary record, you've got to squirrel around at the site until you can find it. So to the extent that Avo has stepped into that gap and tried to make all of the information available in one uniform location, I say bravo to them. Um, my second point is that I, I, I do agree that there are issues with the ratings, and I want to point out that I have um, Googled Mr. Brown and clearly um, his reputation and the work that he's done in his field, according to the website, is you know nothing along the lines of the uh, rating he received at the site. However, I think that there are ways that that can be changed. I think that I don't think that a lawsuit is necessary to shut the site down. And I think that if it's, you know, the ratings are made more transparent, I think that um, it won't be as much of an issue. I think the rating issue is a bit of a red herring. It's obscuring the bigger focus of AVO, which is providing information on attorneys to consumers. Um, the last point that I would make is I took a look at the lawsuit, and I found it very interesting that, you know, for example, one of the issues um, that was raised in the case was that Avo um, ranks down attorneys who have less experience. I went to the Martindale-Hubble website, and I looked at how they rate attorneys, and apparently if, you have only, if you've had less than 10 years of experience, you cannot get an AV rating from Martindale-Hubble. But apparently nobody has ever taken issue with the disparate effect of a younger attorney not being able to get an AV rating at Martindale-Hubble. It's only been something that's been challenged for Avo. Um, similarly, I know that the site... Um, had criticized Avo for purporting to give an unbiased view of hiring attorneys and sort of making a representation about if you choose somebody with a higher ranking, you're going to have you're going to be getting a good attorney. And I noticed also at the Martindale Hubble website that it says that we provide third-party validation of ethics and legal ability, and this gives an extra level of confidence that the right lawyer or firm has been selected. So I find it very interesting that some of the claims that have been raised against AVO could conceivably be raised against Martindale-Hubble also, and yet nobody has taken issue with it um, 
I guess because it's a more long-standing site, uh, it's been something that's been avail- available for a longer time. But I see that as a double standard. Well, I mean, the concern with Avo, though, hasn't it been hasn't it been some of the some of the obvious inconsistencies? I mean, we're we're looking at lawyers who uh, everybody within the legal profession would recognize as being uh, superb and, and uh, unblemished members of the bar, getting low ratings, and, and others who who clearly, you know, for for obvious reasons, shouldn't deserve higher ratings getting them. I mean, we, we could look at Martindale Hubble and, and uh, there may be some uh, some concerns there, but but these are just kind of blatant inconsistencies in, on, on Avo's part. Right, and well, I that's, do... That's the, that's the point. I mean, that's what got my attention. You know, when I found out that I was rated lower than a dead, disbarred lawyer and that the Avo uh, uh, owners rated themselves, which I think is interesting in and of itself, higher than, than you know, Supreme Court judges and Stanford uh, law deans uh, you, you know, my antennas went off. Now, going back to Martindale Hubble, the difference in what Ava doesn't do, and I, I respectfully uh, emailed them and asked them just to remove my material from whatever they're doing, and they refused, of course, and wanted me to log in with my credit card, which I refused to do, um, is that Martindale Hubble and the best lawyers in America are peer-reviewed. Now, Ava came out originally and realized that was a weak spot and said in the, in the press that they were peer-reviewed, too. Uh, I then emailed them back and said, well, who are the peers? What's your methodology? Uh, you know, what peers are you talking about? They refused to answer that question. And then that later on their website, they took out um, that they're peer-reviewed. Um, so I think that the reason that Martin Del Hubble and, and to a certain extent Best Lawyers in America have some credibility is because they're peer-reviewed. Uh, and that's what's really important and completely lacking from, from AVO. Denise, your, some of your blogging has indicated that Section 230 of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act may provide some protection to AVO. What are your thoughts about that? Um, under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, online ser- interactive computer services providers uh, are immune from liability uh, for most kinds of conduct that are instigated by third parties. So anything that AVO hasn't generated itself in the way of content, if it is simply synthesizing things that other people have generated, be it from state bar records or uh, the contributions that they're soliciting on the site, both from the lawyers that are included themselves and from the third parties that they ask to get involved, such as uh, the endorsements of other lawyers and their, uh, the clients of the people being rated. Um, all of that is, is sort of, it strikes me as classic Section 230 fodder for immunity. Uh, the sort of uh, complicating factor is the fact that there is this algorithm going on that then creates the ranking, and, and there's some unclear and sort of muddy case law out there, particularly recently now in the Ninth Circuit with the Fair Housing Council versus Roommates.com case about what exactly might uh, constitute enhancing third-party material or creating new material by virtue of the way that it's collected, processed, and displayed. So, you know, I think there's kind of an open question there, but, but there is a fallback position for AVO for what they're doing. And I, I think, you know, th- there is a, a strong analogy between what they're doing and, and what search engines do. You know, I, th- I thought it was particularly telling a moment ago when Carolyn commented that, you know, she, she might be skeptical of John's AVO score, but she went out and Googled him and trusted that information rather immediately. But, you know, John didn't opt into being included in Google either. So, 
we, we are sort of dealing with what constitutes valid reputation data. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that lawsuits aside and violation of unfair competition laws aside, and I presume we'll talk about that in a moment, if, if Avo had made their service opt-in rather than mandatory, I assume we'd be having a different conversation right now. When Avo first came out, it had uh, killed me off. I was um, listed as being deceased on the site. Although still an active practice. And when I complained about it to Avo uh, and, in fact, told them that I was alive, uh, <laughs> they re-rated me from a, uh, I think it was a 5.4 to a 10. Uh, I complained about it on my blog, and when and I also noticed I'm admitted in Washington, in the state of Washington, and I have two ratings. I have a 10 in California, and I have a 5.4 in uh, Washington. So it's even inconsistent, and they say that they're working on the uh, the site in terms of trying to get the multiple state uh, admission people rated the same in various states. The one thing that they did tell me when I talked to them is that the rating comments that are put up by clients and by opposing counsel or other counsel do not play into the lot, the algorithm that uh, affects the rating. So, even, And you have the opportunity as a lawyer to respond to any comments that anyone else puts up. But I can't imagine the difficulty in trying to screen the, the comments that both clients and uh, other lawyers put up because in most cases there's at least one loser. Well, that's true. I mean, what what um, uh, the problem is, I see it, and correct me, and I'm very impressed with uh, Denise's knowledge in this area. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 uh, you, you kill somebody, I'll help you, but I don't know much about the law you guys are talking about. Um, but what seems to me is a layperson when it comes to uh, computer stuff and, and the law in this area is uh, where Avo goes on is rating people. Now, um, because Google doesn't rate me. You can go on Google, and it'll find all the cases I've handled. It'll find a lot of other things. I should also uh, tell you that you know, I did get a bar admonition. Uh, my 30 years, I got one, and it, it's the lowest form of intervention from the bar, and it was because my retainer agreement didn't reflect the actual money I was paid by a client. I didn't even know there was a retainer agreement. One of my associates did it. I'm responsible for it. I agreed to the admonition. And nobody ever said that my fees were unreasonable. It was just that the fee agreement didn't reflect the actual thing. So that's available on the Washington State Bar Association website. In less than a minute, you can get that information. Um, so I think where they go wrong is, is rating it. And, and I was on a talk show this morning, uh, one of those where everybody yells at everybody, so I didn't really like it very much. But, um, you know, the analogy I came up with is what if I started a website rating cars? And I had a rating system, and I rated a Honda at a 10 and a Nissan at a you know 3.2. And then consumers rely on that, and then they go out and buy the Honda. And it turns out that there's absolutely no system that supports the ratings. Uh, and that's where Avo really has trouble, because they won't tell anybody about their system. They're rating dead people higher than live people. They're rating people who were in prison higher than Supreme Court judges. Um, you know, it seems to me, I'm not an expert in this area, I'm just a country lawyer, that that doesn't make sense. Well, I, 
I trust consumers a little bit more. I mean, first of all, there are rating systems for restaurants and hotels, and people consider that information. They consider the comments, and they make their choices. Arguably, choosing a lawyer um, involves a little bit more sophistication than choosing a restaurant. But I think that, you know, honestly, I think the way consumers do look for attorneys is they might put somebody into this site, and then they would go out and Google them. And if they ran a Google search on you, they would see, you know, all of the positive things that you've done. They would even see the information about that disciplinary case because I was able to find that. And it is, it's, it's such a trivial thing that it's something that's very apparent. And I don't think that somebody would decline to hire you because of that little mar in, in light of all of the positive things that you've done. So I really think that, you know, as we come to rely on the Internet, consumers are becoming increasingly sophisticated, and they use Google as one of their tools. But initially, to get information on a group of criminal attorneys, they might first put somebody's name into the search engine, and it's also a way of easily coming up with, um, you know, seeing if somebody has a disciplinary action. Now, having said that, I mean, I think that, in my mind, the best compromise, rather than shutting down the site entirely, would be to allow attorneys who don't want to be rated to perhaps opt out of the rating. However, I I think that all the data that um, AVO has called on people's disciplinary records and on their websites should remain up there because I think it's um, a helpful tool, but it's just that. It's just another tool, another piece of the puzzle that informs consumers on how to choose lawyers. And we lawyers should be out there educating consumers on how they should be picking lawyers. And I trust consumers to listen to us. Yeah, if I had been advising AVO about you know, not about the law, but about how to present this in a way that would work well for everyone involved. I, I would have told them to go ahead and collect all the data for exactly, and display it for exactly the reasons Carolyn just said, but then make the rating part of the equation opt-in. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back in a moment. We invite you to visit law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. If you have a comment or question, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show. Did you know that Legal Talk Network podcasts are also available as CLE? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's CLECenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. Check out our Lawyer to Lawyer host blogs, J. Craig Williams' blog at mayofpleasethecourt.com, likewise Robert Ambrogi's blog at legalline.com for daily legal observations, perspective, and of course, a healthy dose of humor and wit. 
A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams. And this is Bob Ambrogi. We'd like to welcome back our guests, Attorney John Henry Brown of Seattle, uh, who is uh, one of the plaintiffs in a new lawsuit filed against uh, the lawyer rating service AVO. Uh, Carolyn Elephant, founder and principal attorney of the law offices of Carolyn Elephant and a blogger for My Shingle and also Legal Blog Watch. And Denise Howell, a blogger at Bag and Baggage uh, and uh, a lawyer in California. And Carolyn, I just want to follow up on a point you were just talking about, because one of one of my concerns about AVO, you know, I agree that that something that's going to provide guidance to consumers is a good thing if it's providing accurate guidance. And and I know that you've always been uh, an outspoken advocate of of, of solo and small firm lawyers. And one of the concerns I raised initially was that AVO would would tend to discriminate against smaller firm lawyers because there can often be less publicly available information out there about solo and small firm lawyers for AVO to draw on. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think, first of all, I mean, as I said at the beginning, I do have problems with the rating not being transparent. And I think that um, one thing that AVO can do to clarify things is to explain that, you know, they call this data from public sources. Um, smaller firms may not have as much information online. Um, certain attorneys may not publicize their services online as much as others, or there may not be as much public information. But in the long run, I mean, to be honest, I think that a service like this in some ways help solo and small firm attorneys because in turn i mean most of us on, on this phone call we're all fairly sophisticated we have websites we've been working you know in on the internet for years and years but there are at least 40 to 50% of attorneys and i would guess the bulk of them are solo and small firm attorneys who still don't have websites they don't have a web presence and as we move towards um in economy where people are, you know, and, and uh, in age when people are learning how to Google in grade school and are turning to the Internet to find people, to the extent that AVO makes a fairly nice-looking profile available at no charge, I think there are also benefits to AVO, which is one reason why I am so opposed to seeing it shut down by a lawsuit. I mean, if for some reason it doesn't work because people don't find it useful, then, you know, kill it for sure. But, you know, as I said at the beginning, the bar associations are not providing a forum where solo and small firms can be found on the internet. Avo stepped into the gap, and I think that it can provide benefits to attorneys also. But the point about the ratings is is a good one, and I definitely think there has to be, you know, more explanation and and disclaimers as to what the ratings mean. And as Denise said before, I think you know, ultimately in the long run, the best thing to do, you know, with the ratings is at least let people opt out or opt in or you know ha- have a choice as to whether they want a rating displayed. May I jump in there for a minute? This is John Henry Brown. Um, I got a call day before yesterday from 
a woman lawyer who's the head of the solo practitioner law group for the bar association, uh, the, the county bar association of Seattle. And their organization, which has over 250 members, has unanimously asked the state bar association to take uh, ethical action against Alvo um, because uh, what, what you probably don't know, and uh, uh, for instance, the lawyer that I mentioned that was rated as a 10 in the criminal defense area, which nobody's ever heard of, he happens to be with a very, very large law firm. Um, the gentleman who started um, Avo both come from very, very big, large law firms. Um, there seems to be a pattern of discrimination in Avo um, against the single practitioner and smaller firms. Um, so, I, you see, I think that the whole thing with Avo would be different. I certainly feel a bit different about it if it had some integrity. Um, it has no integrity at all. It's a, it's a rip-off to the consumer. They're going to sell advertising. I already solicited by a separate source to sell advertising on Alvo. Um, so, you know, it's something like this that was done with integrity, or and it was more transparent, as I, that you use that word, um, then fine. Um, but, you know, right now, I mean, is it, is it a coincidence that the founders of Alvo rated themselves as eight and rate the head of the, excuse me, the dean of the Stanford Law School at a 6.7. The person that's from Stanford Law School that's on AVO's board, who's a professor at Stanford, got a 10. Um, there's been a lot of this stuff that's coming out now. Um, so a lot of people are coming to the conclusion, myself included, that AVO completely lacks integrity. Well, if I could just address the integrity issue, I think the integrity issue belongs to the bars. I have been following what bar associations have been doing for solo and small practitioners for five years since I started my shingle.com. As I said at the beginning, there is only one bar association, the Tennessee Bar, that lists lawyer websites. The New Jersey Bar was considering listing websites, and they were going to charge a fee for it. So I would like to know what your bar association does to help solo and small firm practitioners get a presence on the Internet, which is extremely important in this day and age. I mean, even almost every consumer who's looking for a family law attorney, a bankruptcy attorney, has access to a computer either in their home or in a library. If you go to a library and you ask um, a librarian how you would go about getting information on an attorney, they would ask you to do a Google search or they might tell you to find it, you know, now that the site is available. So to the extent that AVO has come in and capitalized on a situation that the bar associations have not addressed, I say good for them. What were the bars doing to serve solo and small firms to give them a presence and to help consumers find them and to help educate consumers about finding lawyers? Nothing. And that's why we left the doors open to a service like AVO. Well, we're nearing the end of our program, and we'd like to wrap up and get some final thoughts from our guests. So let's turn to Denise Howell and see if you can give us a summary of what you believe is the, the issues with AVO and also your contact information so that our listeners can get a hold of you. Denise? Sure. First, just a bit of pushback for Carolyn there on her last point that, you know, I mean, we've got, what, four bloggers on the line today, and we all know how readily one can get on the web and establish a pretty good presence these days. So yeah, I'm, I'm less concerned about the need for an overarching place for solos and small practitioners to get exposure. And I also do think that, like any social networking site, the AVO site is capable of being gamed, as you know, the AVO people themselves acknowledge. That's part of the reason why they want to keep their logarithm private. Um, 
And one of the ways that, that it could be gamed is for, you know, there could be a real advantage to being at a large firm where you have lots and lots of colleagues who can come in and, and vote you up or however you want to phrase that as far as endorsements, et cetera. Um, so I, I do see some potential for a problem there. I do think that, it, that, you know, along the lines of what a great resource Wikipedia is and LinkedIn is uh, for getting out information about people and their credentials and having endorsements and the wisdom of the crowds at work, you know, there is a great potential for this site or some other site, although this one has a huge running head start, uh, to provide a great resource along these lines. And, you know, as I said before, I think probably the best thing that they could do is just open it up and let the conversation flourish about the lawyers, good and bad, um, and then, you know, if they're going to assign a rating, uh, to make that part opt-in, not because they have to. And I do think, you know, we were talking about search engines before and search engines not rating people. I don't think that's, that's quite right because, you know, whenever you have a web page, you're getting rated by Google. You know, it may not be on what a good lawyer you are, but it's a reputational rated rating in your page rank. So there is a distinction there, and I, I do think that maybe there's a legal foundation for what Avo's doing, but, you know, as for one that works well for the legal profession and for the people who use it, maybe that's not the way to go. And, John, let's uh, wrap up with you and get your final thoughts. Oh, actually, Denise, we forgot to get your contact information. Oh, sorry about that. Yes, you can uh, find me online at logarithms.com, L-A-W-G-A-R-I-T-H-M-S.com, and at bagandbaggage.com. So, John, let's uh, get your final thoughts and your contact information for our listeners. Well, first I'll give you the contact information. It's um, uh, John Henry at jhblawyer.com. Um, well, my thoughts about it uh, are, as I say, my feeling after looking into this for a week or so and, and fielding many, many calls from attorneys um, about this uh, is that the, the people that run AVO completely lack integrity um, because the system's basically a joke. You know, uh, they obviously—they're clearly sloppy, uh, and I don't know much about computers and data and all that stuff. But whoever's doing their work uh, is sloppy. It's just plain sloppy. I am very suspicious that someone rates ten in my particular area, who's nobody's ever heard of, but happens to be the member of a, a big firm. I'm very suspicious of the fact that a uh, law professor who's on Avo's board gets a ten, and the dean of the law school gets a six point five. I'm very suspicious of the fact that someone who's prison for raping children gets a 6.8. Um, you know, it's, their work is really, really sloppy. They lack integrity, and they're misleading the consumers. And for the final thought, Carolyn, let's turn to you. Let's get your contact information and, and your wrap-up final thoughts about the discussion today. Um, uh, Carolyn Elephant, um, www.carolynelephant.com, and also myshingle.com. Um, actually, I agree with everything um, that both Denise and John have said. No doubt, Avo is is sloppy. There are definitely problems. Um, the ranking system is, you know, it's it's become so controversial that it's a red herring, obscuring the potential value of the site. And so, I'd support um, an opt-in, even though that may not be wh- whether or not it's something that's legally warranted. But I think that, you know, if the site is going to fail, I'd prefer to see it fail through market forces and not 
be killed by bar association or class action because I think we are setting up dangerous precedent for future sites that might crop up. So those are my final thoughts. I think it's worth mentioning just one more time that uh, we made several attempts to get the folks from AVO to participate in this program, and uh, and they declined. Well, I, uh, Bob, I'm just glad that uh, AVO didn't have a copy of my death certificate. <laughs> but the fact that you were still practicing law long after you were deceased was impressive to me. Craig. Fifty-six years, according Keep that money coming in. Yeah, fifty-six years, according to AVO. Craig, with your rating, maybe maybe they need to hire you. I'm sure you've handled your, hair, your share of UCL defense cases. <laughs> well, to get a higher rating, you just have to have a criminal record, apparently. <laughs> well, hopefully they, I don't have one of those, at least as far as I know of. Well, that's <laughs> it for Lawyer to Lawyer this week. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another session of Legal Talk Network's Lawyer to Lawyer. Thanks to all our guests. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and Jake Craig Williams. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.